Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Skinnell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I, I heard you are uh, fresh off of a bit of a vacation. Yeah, so uh, we had written tuition, or written checks to universities around the country for 14 years for our five kids, and I wrote my last one in May, and uh, my wife and I decided to take one semester and just go on a vacation, so we did. And I just got back and, yeah, ready to go. All right, ready to go. So what are we talking about today? Uh, today I want to talk about four ways that the super rich manage their wealth. And, you know, if you have read, and I think you probably have, a lot of people have, The Millionaire, millionaire Next Door, uh, most of our clients who are wealthy don't, don't consider themselves super rich, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a lot of lessons that the super rich uh, that we can learn from them. But what I mean by super rich is generally it's somebody with $500 million or more. Um, and it's those are none of our clients, but we do a lot of research to find out what they're doing to see if we can translate some of those strategies to our clients. So I want to talk about four primary things that they're doing that I think people can benefit from. Yeah. I mean, if you look for wisdom, uh, you want to look for people that are successful, right? I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. So the super rich have been successful one way or another, whether they built it themselves or the family has been able to maintain it over a couple of generations. There are successes in there and there's bits of wisdom in there that you're gleaning, obviously. So where do we start with this today? Um, yeah. So just to address your point. Yeah. I think that certainly some of the super rich have more complicated situations sometimes, but generally they're applying the same tools and strategies. It's just that they have more processes and they do it more as a process. They should say um, they do it more often. And as a result, they have a little more success at it. So I want to try and help our clients um, use these tools also. Um, But before I guess I talked about the strategies, I thought it would be helpful to really um, just quickly go through what we call the five primary concerns that our clients have. And the reason is that these strategies are really meant to address concerns, address issues and problems, and see if we can find solutions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like one of the things I find when I'm talking to um, attorneys, CPAs, uh, referrals that come to us, is that oftentimes advisors, they will lead with a product or lead with a strategy. And, hey, I have this solution without ever really talking to the client about, um, you know, what their needs are. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just briefly go through what we call the five primary concerns just to give you a feel for uh, what we're trying to address when we talk about these strategies. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So one of the, the number one concern that most clients, most people we meet have is wealth preservation. And that's, you know, the primary goal there is to earn the best possible rate of return, right? And that's just something that's we call the table stakes or the meat and potatoes. And I think that's what most advisors certainly try to do is mm-hmm. provide the best rate of return. And the, the key there is where we're trying to really um, help them, you know, grow their wealth and support their goals, their lifestyle. Um, and I'll just give you a, just a quick story. 
when I was on my vacation, I was actually for a short period in Ireland, and um, we had I actually got a couple calls because there's been so much volatility in the market, and I called a few back from there. And you know what I find is that people hate losing money more than they like making money sometimes, mm-hmm, or typically mm-hmm. I should say. So wealth preservation, I think, is one of the the five primary, the first of the primary concerns that we're trying to address, making sure we're helping people get the best possible rate of return, but within their risk tolerance and based on how much volatility they're willing to accept. Yeah, makes sense. And then the second area or the primary concern we focus on is wealth enhancement. And what we're trying to do there, our our primary goal is really to minimize the impact that taxes have on their income, um, their rates of return, and their cash flow. So obviously, not obviously, but clients are most concerned about rate of return because it generates the cash flow they need to maintain their standard of living. And taxes are a big part of that. So, you know, we have processes we've created. We, as a team, we continually go to continuing ed throughout the year. We attend classes to keep up on the current laws and the current strategies. And and getting back to our team, we always want to make sure that um, we have uh, we, we have the most certified processes so we're, we're tax managing um, client situations. For example, uh, I was just referred to a client recently, or they're becoming a client now, I should say. In this case, um, the client was 98% in equities. She's elderly, uh, just way too aggressive. And I think she thought that she was more conservative than she was. But, we, but when we talked to her about the risk level, we decided, okay, we need to lower it. Um, but the issue was really, there was a lot of built-up gains uh, how do we do that in the most tax-advantaged way? So in order to protect her wealth, protect the value of her, her portfolios, we wanted to reduce the risk, but we also needed to focus on wealth enhancement, which is basically minimizing taxes and making sure she nets or keeps after tax as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then the third primary concern that clients have is wealth transfer. So we've hopefully preserved their wealth. We've hopefully minimized taxes, but now their 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 other concern is you know as we're looking to pass this on to the heirs, um, you know how can we do it in the most cost effective way, and and this really requires that as an advisor, we have a very deep understanding of their family, uh, who they want to benefit, mm-hmm. their the dynamics within the family, um, where things are, the estate laws, etc. And then the next area is wealth protection. So uh, this really focuses on making sure that everything's properly owned and structured. You know, a client wants to make sure that in the event of a lawsuit, in the event of maybe legal vulnerabilities that they have through their businesses, um, that they're protected. You know, recently I had uh, worked with a client whose whose mother passed. Uh, They owned a cottage up in northern Michigan. And the issue was there's two daughters looking to inherit it, and they rent it sometimes, and we just got into a conversation about the fact that, you know, if you're not going to use the condo um, or the, the cottage, uh, are you willing to accept a liability if your sister's renting it, you know, and how is it going to be owned and how do we limit, you know, lawsuits? So there's just a lot of legal and wealth or asset protection issues that we always try to focus on. And that's what we call wealth protection. Mm-hmm. And then the final area or final primary concerns that, that clients talk to us about are really uh, charitable giving. So when we're meeting with a client and talking to them about how they want to give during their life or pass assets during their death to their favorite charities, we work with them to make sure that it's the most impactful. Um, And just an example is the laws completely changed based on the tax laws this year. 
A lot of clients are no longer able to deduct some of the charitable contributions they're making because of the itemized deductions and the limitations in the tax law. So we're doing a lot of work, for example, setting up donor-advised funds or charitable trusts to to make sure we're maximizing the deduction or the, the tax deductibility of some of these gifts and also making sure that these gifts then become more impactful um, so they're really making the maximum, uh, getting the maximum return to the charity for the gifts that they're making. Yeah, absolutely. So those are, I just wanted to briefly go through the, what I call the five concerns, um, because when I talk about some of the strategies, we're, what we're really trying to do is address those concerns and solve the issues related to that for our clients. Um, so if it's okay, I'll just kind of get into the four key yeah, things. Yeah, please. Great. So the number one thing we we talk to clients and attorneys and centers of influence about is working with your, what we call top experts. And it's not as if, you know, anyone uh, says that he wakes up someday and says, hey, I want to work with an inferior attorney, you know, or an inferior <laughs> CPA, yeah. right? Yeah. No one says that. But as we all know, all you have to do is read. All you have to do is talk to friends. There's what I call pretenders. You know, there's people out there in the in the marketplace that maybe say they're doing wealth management. They have the title as a wealth manager, but they're really leading with the product. They're looking to push a sale of, of some sort of annuity, life insurance, or investment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, we run across, sometimes people work with family members or other people that are well-meaning, but they just don't have maybe the expertise or the skill sets. Um, and of course, you know, you run across the exploiters or the predators, like the Bernie Madoffs of the world. And, you know, so... The question becomes, you know, how do you avoid or how do maybe the super rich avoid working with some of those people versus getting what, what they would call like top of the line experts? And surveys, research, our experience shows that really referrals from their friends, from other key uh, attorneys, CPAs, et cetera, that's, that's truly like the number one source of, um, of where people get their top of the line advisors in the super rich, you know, world uh, world, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as an example, uh, you know, when I moved here um, to Valparaiso, Indiana, I moved in 1998. So I worked in Chicago for 10 years out of college. I worked in this in this industry, uh, but for lifestyle and for raising our kids, we wanted to kind of get out of the city and, and move to a smaller area. And so, really, I started in a town in a, a neighborhood, a whole town, but where I didn't really know anybody. But I can go back to three people that I met, um, and all of our clients in some way or another have come from those three people. So all of our clients have really been referrals, Um, you know, just by hopefully doing a good job, um, doing what's right, working with their attorneys, their team, and then you get the referrals from them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, So so I guess, you know, working with top-line experts is the number one thing that when we read the difference between the super rich and how they get there and how they maintain it, they work through their network of attorneys, CPAs, they work through their network of friends, and they get initially referrals that they can then, um, you know, talk to and research and, and you know, and survey, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then the number two area that, um, from what we find the super rich are doing is um, when they work with advisors, whether they're Trust attorneys, CPAs, bankers, et cetera, insurance specialists, they work with advisors that focus on what we call the human element. And that may seem obvious. Obviously, you know, Eric, when you meet with 
whoever, you know, a CPA or attorney, you're hoping that they take your personal interest um, in consideration when they make the recommendations. Yeah, you'd, you'd hope so, right? <laughs> you do. You make the assumption. Um, but generally, we find that that's not always the case. And I could give you some examples of, um, you know, just people who have been referred to us who yeah, have set do. up. Le- oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I just said, please do, because, I mean, that's, that's exactly what we need to know is, is give us some examples of what that looks like. Okay, so when when we meet with a client, or initially with a prospect, but also when we meet, you know, for um, quarterly, annuals, uh, some annual meetings, we always try to go through a a process to find out um, more than just where their assets are. Um, we're looking for number one, you know, their values. You know, what what is important to money about you? So, Eric, if I met with you, I might say, I might just ask that direct question initially. You know. What's important to you? And you can imagine, you know, we've talked during the podcast a number of times that you're such an advocate of family, you're such an advocate of um, Boys Town and some of your charitable interests that certainly what you value would be important for me to know if I was working as your advisor, Absolutely, right? yeah. And then we, from there, we talk about your goals. Um, so, you know, what would you like to achieve with your money? Uh, as I talked about, education was a big part of of um, the goal, the goals for Nancy and myself. We wanted to make sure that at the very least um, our five children left the house uh, educated as much as we could, you know, provide them with those opportunities. And then hopefully from there um, they'll take that on. But education was a big part, but that's not the case for everybody. Everyone has a specific goals that they want to um, for their money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, relationships, so one of the things, you know, and just to get to the story about why the human elements involved, relationships are important because um, sometimes if you don't ask, you find out that you missed something that's critically important. You know, we recently sent out a, a white paper to our clients about estate planning for pets. And Really? Estate planning I, for I'll pets? I'll be honest. Um, we're, we're not pet owners and we're not <laughs> pet people. I have a lot of clients who are. You'd be, I, mean, I was surprised by the re- by the positive response and the feedback and the questions that came because of that. Really? Yeah, because if you think about it, you know, Eric, you've talked about the fact I think you have a dog, right? A Mastiff? Is that I do. Is, uh, yeah, Cooper, big bull Mastiff. So. so, I mean, have you addressed the question, which, you know, if something happened to you, something happened to your wife, you know, who's going to take care of them, right? So th- that's really something that never occurred to me. We sent out this white paper and it, but it was very, very important for a number of people. Wow. Now, I've heard of people leave. I mean, we all heard those stories where somebody leaves $500 million to a cat, right? I mean, that's that's the that's the big story. It's like, okay. I think there's actually been movies about it as well where somebody, you know, the cat gets all this money and now this person's taking care of a cat and they live in this mansion with, you know, 40 bedrooms or whatever and and it's just a cat and the caretaker. Uh, is that what you're talking about or are we talking about just like – like well, my, my dog, hey, here's, you know, I'm setting some money aside just to make sure that he's taken care of just in case, you know, but it's not 500 million. It's like 10, 20 grand, you know, <laughs> make sure he's got all the medical things he needs and all the food he could possibly want. And then beyond that, that's it. Well, it's, yeah, that, that's part of it. It's also, you know, like my son, Kevin, just graduated from um, DePaul University and he moved off to New York and he had a cat. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what do you do with the cat? And then if somebody takes the cat. You know, um, certainly it's going to cost money to support the cat. Mm-hmm. So it's, part of it is, I, I know it sounds, it, it might be out of the box thinking, but it's just an example of, okay, if I if I did pass away and Nancy was gone too, 
who would take the dog? And then if, if they're going to take the dog, we certainly want to provide them with some funds yeah. to you know pay for it, right? Yep. You don't want to create a burden for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And then beyond relationships, goals, and values, we we need to get information about what their interests are. You know, we talked about vacations. What's your ideal vacation? What do you read? You know, I want to make sure I understand what's important to them. Um, a big one is what we call process. You know, process just means how in, how involved do you want to be in the management of your finances? You know, I think we talked in one of the previous uh, podcasts about different money or high net worth personalities. And, you know, there's I, I run across gamblers, you know, people, people who come and there's like, I just want to take risk. I just want to we call it gambling. They don't consider it themselves gambling, but mm-hmm. without a process, it is. And it so really I want is. to know yeah. if that's what they think. I want to know how active they want to be in the in the um, in the management of their money. Mm-hmm. I have a client that I meet with every month. I have clients who say, um, I'd like to meet once a year. I just got a new client who said, I, no offense, Tim, I just I never want to meet you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but I want you to call me, and I'd love to do Zoom meetings. Right? Yeah. So I want to know that because I want to make sure I'm delivering in a way that fits their personality yes. and fits what they want. Yeah, that's, that's so great. Gonna, it was a Howie Mandel by chance? Cause, <laughs> yeah. No, but like, Eric, so how do you like to work with your advisors? I mean, just as an example. Well, pretty much all of my advisors, all the people that I work with are all over the country. So, yeah, it's it's Zoom or it's going to be Skype or it's going to be something like that. If I had somebody locally that I worked with, I think it'd be great to be able to meet every once in a while. But, yeah. Yeah. And then part of that is we'll then talk about what other advisors do they have. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things we do that I think differentiates our planning process is we really want to get involved with their team. We really want to work with their attorney, CPA, insurance agent, trust officer, banker, et cetera. So it's just nice to know how they currently work with them or if they even have them. You know, if they don't have them, maybe we can help them add to that team. Yes, absolutely. And, and Tim, you've spoken about that multiple times on previous podcasts. And there's there's a couple podcasts out there that I would love for you to link um, if you can dig those up in the description for this podcast, maybe, because sure. I think people need to go back and understand exactly what you're talking about there. And really, you are talking about huge relationship development with their entire team so that it's all put together and everybody's on the same page. And that is so vitally important and that those podcasts really covered that. So um, I'd love for anybody who's listening to this to be able to have an easy link to to those past podcasts. That, that's a great idea. I'll make sure that we do that. Awesome. Because the relationship management part is not just you know, how are you going to work with our team? You know, who on our team is going to be the specialist? I'll be the lead, but what other support do you need? But then also, how are we going to work with your team, your mm-hmm. attorneys, et cetera? Mm-hmm. So we've gone, you know, we talk about their values, goals, relationships, interests, what process, advice, and then finally we get to assets. So the point of this whole ramble is that you want to make sure that your experts, whoever you're working with, are focused on the human element. Certainly their assets, what do you have, how much do you make, what are your goals are critical, but those other parts that we talked about are just as just as important, and they frame the whole plan. They frame the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. So we've we've talked a little bit, you know, about the first two items, um, basically working with the best experts possible, using your referral network to do that, making sure that they're focused on you as a person. The third part is what we call um, what I'd say is just making sure that you understand what you're agreeing to. And again, these are all things you read and you might say, well, that's obvious, right? You know, but who reads all the fine print? 
exactly who, who goes through the the volume of paper that <laughs> that we're required to provide you know they, they told me 20 years ago 10 years ago five years ago that my industry is going paperless and I have more paper now and, <laughs> you know and I'm probably hundred times that up in the cloud somewhere but the reality is you just have to make sure and what the super rich do is they according to surveys anyway is they understand the limitations the benefits the implications of some of the legal structures and I'll just give you an example I was uh, there's a good friend of mine that I've known for 15 years uh, he's in the hotel business very successful and I was talking to him about uh, some planning that he's doing with his advisor and it just always seemed to lead or start with life insurance. And, and I love, I think life insurance is a phenomenal tool, but it's one tool that's a solution to part of the plan. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you don't lead with it. And and so he just kept talking about leading as the solution for this and solution for that. And I just, just think that's an example of, you know, making sure you understand what you're agreeing to because they're not liquid, they're long-term, they're 15 to 20 years out. And life changes quickly. So not that yes. it's bad, it's not, it's good, but you just have to understand the limitations and the implications. Of course. I mean, there, and there's so many different types and, and they work so in so many different ways with all of your wealth planning. And you've talked about that on past podcasts as well. It is one tool in a large toolbox of many tools. Yeah. And I also, we just um, picked up another a recent client who had worked with a firm where they had a strategy that they implemented. And when we did our, what we call risk allies assessment, <clears throat> we assessed the level of risk they're taking. And this client is retired. Uh, it was, it was higher than just 100% in the S and P 500. It was really high risk. And wow. the reason was there was this one strategy that the firm was implementing and the client just wasn't aware of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at the very least we said, you know, roll out of that to reduce your risk. Um, it was a series of options and things like that. But the point is, Make sure you understand what you're agreeing to, and you don't have to be an expert, but be persistent and willing to challenge and ask for additional detail. Yeah, absolutely. That's and your that right, could, right? I mean, that, that's all there is to it. That is your right. The, the exactly. people that you're working with, you need to be bold enough to be able to say, I need you to explain it to me again, or I need you to you know, send me all the paperwork so I can review it, or I need them to... You know, I know the super rich. Uh, one thing they're going to have is a wonderful attorney, a great attorney that they probably pay quite a bit of money to, <laughs> and they can say, send it all to them, and I'm not going to make a move until my attorney reviews everything. Um, because, I mean, that's that's what needs to be done so many times. Exactly. And, and that's you're exactly right. And not everyone has that, but to, you might have a CPA or, mm -hmm. or a friend or a spouse or somebody. Just don't be hesitant to ask. Absolutely. And that gets to the final Thing that research tells us that the super wealthy do, which is trust but verify. And you know, you could probably remember that from Ronald Reagan when he talked about Russia. You know, mm. we trust but verify. And and that gets to what we just talked about a little bit also, which is if you're unsure, you're uncomfortable, you've got that gut feel about anything just that's being proposed, look to verify. And one of the things that we do for our clients is we offer what we call a, a stress test or a second opinion service to you know, people, their friends, their people that they, they know and trust. And, and really all that does is what you can imagine that, you know, stress testing does. It, it takes a look at their your plan and it runs it through a series of stress tests to make sure that on the estate planning side, tax planning, et cetera, that it can survive, you know, any sort of circumstance that might occur. You know, people always ask me, are you bullish? Are you, you know, negative about the market, about the economy? And I always say, I'm not 
you know, we have leanings, but more importantly, we're prepared to respond either way because we've done this stress testing for people and we know how the plans are going to go depending on which way the markets, the economies, the tax laws, et cetera, go. And I'll tell you something, Tim, that is so vitally important. I've worked with advisors for a very, very long time, and I rarely hear of someone going through that and doing stress testing. And it's so funny that when you say stress testing, the first thing that comes to mind is Boeing, um, the, the airplane manufacturer. My dad worked for them for years, and I've seen a couple of videos where they stress test their wings, meaning mm-hmm. they will bend them until they just absolutely obliterate, right? They'll, they'll bend it so they know because they have to know what kind of endurance this has. How is it going to hold up when turbulence is there, right? The wings flex, all wings flex on a plane. And they bend it until it just basically shatters or crumples. I mean, it's it's amazing video to see. And that's what I love about what you do with that. Because if you don't know where that tolerance is, if you don't know what the turbulence is going to do within that plan, you're really, you're blind. You're flying blind, in, in my opinion. So I think it's I think it's wonderful that you do that. And I'm sure that your clients really appreciate it because that's that's something they need to know. Yeah, and this actually, so this area, trust but verify or stress testing, this is the, really the number one thing, that the top thing, I should say, or most important thing that the super rich do that maybe other people don't, mm. and that they do it more often. You know, you, you create a plan, and I'll talk to people, and they'll say, yeah, I put this plan together in my 401k and my estate plan, you know, 15 years ago and haven't done anything with it. Yeah. And life is different, right? So you just need to get that second opinion. You need to do the stress test more often, and that's really what we do for our clients. Yeah, Fantastic. So we've covered the four things. What else do we need to know uh, about the super rich? Um, well, that's really what I, what I wanted to cover today because I have to save some information for the next podcast. Okay. Right? No. okay. <laughs> um, but basically, I really do think that this is a valuable one because if, if people can apply these four lessons, uh, I really think it'll have a tremendous impact. It'll, it'll really add value to whatever their goals and plans are. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I was excited to do this one. Tim, if people are listening to this and saying, okay, I really like this content, I like the four things, um, maybe they're interested in that stress testing that you're talking about, how do they reach out and get a hold of you so they can have that conversation with you? Well, at the very least, they can go to our website. It's Hightower Great Lakes, and they can download and access a lot of resources. Um, I think if they want to take the next step and maybe have a stress test done or a second opinion, they can always contact me, tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com. Or my direct line is 219-246-5370. Outstanding. Thank you so much for your time today, Tim. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. And thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And if you've got friends and family that are super, super rich, give this to them. Share it with them because I'd love for them to say, hey, wait a second, I have a lot of those things in place, but I really need to talk to Tim and then we can get Tim some, you know, multi-billion dollar clients. That would be fantastic. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, anytime, really. But tomorrow would be great. (laughs) Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. 
please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC.